Em, can you believe we are in our third season of Interview Boss? Not really. It's crazy. But that means there are over 90 episodes we've made. (gasps) Oh my God. Scrolling through all of our episode titles, you might miss an episode that actually is exactly what you're looking for. Yes, we get so many messages of people asking us to do an episode on something and we're like, we already have. So we've put together playlists to help you find the episodes that are best suited to you. If you're applying for jobs, we have episodes about resumes, cover letters and job ads. If you've been offered your dream job, we have episodes on resigning, exit interviews and how to impress at your new company. Yes, and we even have a playlist for if you have an interview like tomorrow and you need just our most recommended episodes, just the ones you really need between now and then. Exactly. It is all there for you. You can browse by category. Check out the playlist at www.interviewboss.com.au forward slash podcast. Now, a best bit is an example. Just think of it like that. It's literally just an example of an everyday thing that you do at work, but in story form. We jazz it up a bit. Hey everyone and welcome back to Interview Boss. My name is Emma. I'm a radio journalist who's teamed up with my sister to give you advice, inspiration and support when you're looking for a new job. Sarah is a HR and recruitment professional and together we're excited to give you all the tips, tricks and behind the scenes knowledge to help you in your career. I changed up my inflections this time because I don't want people to get bored. (laughs) You did. But they're listening along in their head and they know the next words and you just like changed it up a bit at the end. Variety is the spice of life. Who are we giving a big fat shout out for shooting their shot? Raylan. Now, this is a bit of a long one, but I promise it's worth it. Don't skip ahead. I won't interrupt then. I'll just let you speed through it. I'll speed through it. All right. Hi, Emma and Sarah. I wanted to buy you both a coffee in hopes you'll cheers with me to my new job that you both totally helped me get with your awesome podcast. A little backstory. I graduated in 2020 and my first job out of college was as a recruiter for an IT staffing agency. I did it for about a year and a half and was let go at the end of last year due to a company merger, but truthfully, I wasn't happy. In my unemployed months, I did some soul searching, as we always say to do, and realized recruiting isn't really where I want to be. Having never done an internship through college, I always worked retail or hospitality jobs. Coupled with my only corporate job being a recruiter, I struggled transitioning into something new outside of that space I seemed to be only qualified for. As rejection emails piled up for the corporate retail jobs I was applying for, I started to think I was going to be stuck in that box forever. But I kept applying, kept listening to your podcast and took your advice and truly honed in on my transferable skills that my years of retail experience gave me. All those Black Fridays I worked couldn't have been for nothing, damn it, lol. (laughs) And despite having been a recruiter who literally prepped people on how to interview, I still couldn't shake those pre-interview nerves and would find myself having this runaway train brain trying to articulate my skills in relation to XYZ jobs. But when I would listen to your podcast, which your voices alone are very soothing, by the way, the advice and motivation would help me be the recruiter inside that I needed to be for myself. After three rounds of interviews, I'm happy to say I've accepted an e-commerce internship for a reputable retailer and start May 1st. 
It might sound crazy to be taking an internship at 25 years old, but I couldn't be happier knowing this is exactly where I want to be. So thank you so much for what you do. And if my comment just so happens to make it on the podcast, I've got good news for you, Raylan. My advice to others from my own experience is that you're not married to your first job out of college. And if you're anything like me and you're interested in a lot of different avenues, then it's going to probably take a little while longer than some to figure out exactly where you want to be. Just don't rush things. You'll get there at your own pace. Signed, sealed, delivered all the way from NJ USA, a very happy listener and new career path adventurer. That's New Jersey, by the way. Yeah. What a journey we just went on. Oh my God. I wanted to react to so many things, but I was like keeping it in. I loved the be the recruiter inside myself. I love that idea that like everyone has a little recruiter inside them that they have to listen to. Also though, that everyone gets nervous, even the people who are supposed to be better at it than other people. And just because you know how to give someone else advice, it doesn't mean you know how to give yourself advice that like, I think that's so relevant and also shows that interviewing yourself is a skill and helping other people interview doesn't count for that. You have to actually do it yourself. I also love the part about how you're not married to your first job out of uni or college. I feel like it's easy to feel attached to that first job because it's where you started. And in her case, it's what you went to uni for. You feel like you're, you know, you have to stick it out. But if you're not happy, life is too damn short. And here's what I would say to that. I know she said that she struggled, like she had a few months unemployed, did some soul searching and she was struggling to get jobs in other areas. But that first job that you go for after your degree is the hardest, is the hardest one, I think. And so even if you're taking something that you know at the time isn't necessarily what you want to do, it's easy to come up with a story around, look, after uni, after college, I was looking for some corporate experience and I thought I wanted to do this, but now that I'm in there, I haven't enjoyed it and whatever. That's such an easy thing to explain to someone. And it proves that you can work in a corporate environment, that you've now got some more great examples to use in your interviews. It's a lot easier to go from there forward versus if Raylan had just gone, let's say, back into retail itself, I think she then would have struggled to get an e-commerce internship even more because she'd been in like retail directly as opposed to in the corporate side. I don't know. It sounds like it's all worked out perfectly. And I love that she said, you know, although it sounds crazy to be taking an internship at 25, I couldn't be happier. I love that That's the whole point. It doesn't matter if on paper, it doesn't sound like you've done something insane, but if you're happy, power to you. I'm so proud of you. Exactly. And also 25 is nothing. Oh yeah. You're a baby. Are we kidding? Spring chicken. Yeah. I mean, so you do an internship for a year. That's the thing when you're early on in your career, stuff changes so quickly to go from intern to like senior level e-commerce person or whatever. You could probably do that in three years, like to get from that level then to the next executive level or whatever. That's a longer pathway, but so much can change after you make that switch. So I'm excited to see where she ends up. And I also love how she was like, if by chance this ends up on the podcast, here's my advice for people. I've got good news for you. I love it because I think that's part of the reason people want to send their shoot your shots in is because you might be listening to this thinking, when I get a job, I'm going to send one in and maybe I'll inspire the next person. Amazing. That's exactly what we want. This beautiful chain of effect and it makes us so happy. Yeah. We're cheering you on because we want to hear your story as well. Don't just go for the job for you. Go for the job for us and for all of our listeners as well. Yeah. Hype us all up. 
So today we're going to be talking about what makes a good best bit. Now, if you're a seasoned listener, you'll hear us constantly talking about what are your best bits. They are, Sarah, catch us up. If this is the first episode that a listener is listening to, what is a best bit? Yes. So this is kind of based on our whole idea that people prepare for job interviews backwards. And the reason we come up with best bits is because instead of like Googling common job interview questions and coming up with answers to them. I want you to think about what are the examples you want to give? What are the stories you want to tell? What are the things that you want to make sure that your interviewer knows about you? Let's take Raylan, for example. I'm sure she would have wanted to talk about her retail experience, right? Because even though she'd been in recruiting, I'm sure she would have wanted to mention going for an e-commerce job, customer service, understanding product, you know, those kinds of things. So you have to make sure that you get a chance to talk about that. So we want to think about those examples, those stories, and then we make sure that they fit into the interview somewhere. So that's where the idea of best bits comes from. I wish I had a thought of maybe a better name for them because it's not that catchy. <laughs> I like it. It's simple. <laughs> it's accessible. Best bits. It's exactly what it is. Well, I think it gives people a lot of mental pressure that they have to be the best bits of your whole career and it just – it's a lot of pressure, but we'll get to that. You can take it the best or the best, like some of the best, like yeah, yeah, the best out of all of them that there are, you yeah. know? Anyway, so that's kind of the way that we approach things. If you're starting from scratch, go and check out all of our other episodes to get an intro to this. Another one that would might be really helpful is how to work out what they're going to ask at an interview. That'd be a really good episode to listen to before this one or our episode that's like really early on, one of our first three, the best way to prepare for an interview that gives you these concepts of why we're doing this in the first place and then come back here. Or you can listen to this and go back and, you know, it'll all come together. But in my coaching sessions, the reason I wanted to do this session is this is the hardest part, not for every single person, but for the vast majority of people I do coaching sessions with, they really, really struggle to come up with good best bits. And I think, you know, part of that is we need to define them. We need to give you some hints, some tips, some strategies of how on earth are you going to come up with some good stories. And then hopefully going forward, you'll have a bit of a best bits awareness and you might be able to, as you go, be like, oh, this is a best bit. Write that down. Oh my God. I had that the other day. And like, disclaimer, like I'm not looking for a job now or any time in the future or anything, but because we talk about this all the time and I'm constantly talking to people about best bits. Yeah. Your brain's always scanning. Yeah. Something happened and I was like, oh, this would make a good story. <laughs> so we were launching a new intranet for our employees to use. and Boring. No, that was actually quite cool, but yeah, it is a bit boring. And everyone else who was looking after this thing was away except for me. And I was working with the external vendor and all day, this is like our last day before the go live. It's like Friday and we're going live on Monday out to every employee you can see this page, right? I had to edit all this stuff during that day. The external vendors in New Zealand, they've only got like an hour before they clock off for the weekend. And I lost total access to the whole thing couldn't see any pages, couldn't edit them anymore, couldn't view things, like just it all just broke for no reason. Let me guess the resolution. You called them 96 times in a row. <laughs> no, no. I said to them, we're not going live on Monday. And I had no one else in the company to tell, hey, by the way, we're not going live on Monday anymore. But I just had to make that call by myself because I was like, there's no one else here. No one 
can approve this decision, but I'm making the call that this is too risky. We cannot go live because maybe I'll get it fixed by today, but what if I don't? Like I need to do this now. So I emailed the rest of the team, was like, hey, heads up, I've made this decision. We can just do it the following day once everybody's back and if as long as nothing else goes wrong or whatever. And I was like, this is going to make a great story. That is a good best bit. You know why? It shows initiative confidence, communication, foresight that you went, oh, this could go bad if, you know, it blows up and no one can do any work for the day. And also like prioritizing as well. Like, could I have pulled an all-nighter and made sure it all got fixed and whatever? Yes. But would that have been worth it? No. Like having it go live the next day. Seamless. Affected absolutely nothing. (laughs) So it was making that call. So anyway, you will start to see these things in real life. If you get off a call or you deal with the situation, you'll think, oh, that'd make a good story. It's exactly the way I want you to think. As we mentioned before, this whole episode premise comes because a lot of people prepare the wrong way for job interviews. So give me an example of why it's a problem to only pick stories based on the question. So, Em, I'm actually going to get you to ask me the same question twice. I'm going to come up with an answer each time and then afterwards we're going to unpack it. Okay, great. So first off the bat, Sarah, so can you tell me about a time that you've had to deal with conflict in the workplace? Yeah, absolutely. So part of my broader role is that I look after sending calendar invites for various different project meetings. And there was one example where I accidentally left someone off the calendar invite. And unfortunately, this was quite a senior person and she was kind of one of my boss's colleagues. And she didn't know about the meeting until the last minute when someone else asked her if she was coming. And she'd actually had a clash and had to really shuffle things around at the last minute to actually go into the meeting. And she managed to do it. She moved moved everything around and went into the meeting. But then afterwards she came and she was really upset with me because she said it made her look unprofessional because she wasn't prepared for that meeting. And she was really upset. And look, I apologized. It was absolutely my fault. I made sure that I put her on the future meetings. But yeah, you know, we had a good relationship going forward. It was kind of just that one situation. Fantastic. I felt sorry for you. (laughs) What a mean lady. (laughs) Ask me that question again. Okay. And I'll do a different example. Sarah, can you tell me about a time that you've had to deal with some conflict in the workplace? Yeah, sure. So one of the projects we were rolling out was actually a new software system that was going to be for a range of different people to use across the business to enter in information about the projects they were working on, to view things, to download and to store documents and that kind of thing. And I was helping look after how to roll out the training. We'd done some train the trainer from the software provider. We then had to run training sessions with our actual end users across the business. And there was a coworker of mine who was also working on this. They were also going to run some training sessions too. I wanted to run three big sessions with everyone in them so that we could get lots of Q&A going and train lots of people at once so we could get it all done quicker. But they actually wanted to do in-person sessions, which would have been a lot more organizing, much more expensive because we're booking rooms and traveling around. But they said, you know, people would be more comfortable in an in-person training environment. And we talked about it. We kind of both saw the other's point of view. And what we ended up doing was actually running some hybrid sessions. So we ran a couple online that were kind of for everyone. And then a few of our key sites who were going to be using it much more in depth. We actually did run some in-person sessions, but not for everyone because there's some people who hardly going to use the software. So coming out to their locations, I was able to help her understand why that wouldn't be worth it. So yeah, it ended up going really well and the training all rolled out within the timeframe we needed to. Boom. Now, 
I want you to say for my first example, imagine you're the interviewer. What skills did I show you that I have in that first example? I was just about to say not many because you apologized. So like basic human. Yeah. But keep thinking, like what else? Um, well, accountability because you said yeah. it was completely my fault. And yeah, I guess being nice, obviously, because you said you had a good relationship going forward. So I'm sure that means that you treated her well and were apologetic. That's kind of about it, right? And like, look, that's in terms of dealing with conflict. Great. And I mentioned that I'd kind of fixed some other calendar invites as well. So there might be like a bit of like learning from your mistakes and that kind of thing, like making sure that you double check every time or whatever. So there's a few good things that you're seeing from me. Okay. Let's think to the second example. What skills have I shown you that I have? Well, planning. This was your project and training rollout. Negotiation, like validating. You said that you listened to her concerns. Compromise that you ended up going a bit of both. Like boundaries that you stuck to. You didn't think it was worth it doing the talks in the places that weren't going to use it much. But why didn't I think it was worth it? Time and money. And if you think about understanding budgets and costs and things, you call that like having a commercial mindset. So I'm demonstrating that I understand that. I am also demonstrating that I am a bit of a system expert and I understand our users and how they're going to use it. You know, like depending on the job, that might be relevant, that might be not. But I'm hoping you can understand as you're listening to this how neither of them was a bad answer at all. And if you don't have examples like that second one, because you're early in your career or it's a different type of job or whatever, there's nothing wrong with them. I'm just saying, if you have examples like that second one, you can make that answer work for conflict. Even though it wasn't as much of a textbook conflict, there's no like yelling or being upset. Whereas the first one, there was a bit more like she was really upset, but you can see I've focused on conflict and I went to the angriest person I've ever dealt with at work, which was that lady who was really upset about the calendar. Which conflict isn't always the most explosive example. Sometimes it's just minor push and pull. Exactly. Difference of opinion and stuff. And so, So what I've done by picking that first example is I've focused too much on the question and I've treated it more like something that I have to get right. I'm like trying to be the most right that I can. What is the biggest conflict that I've ever dealt with? But in doing that, I missed an opportunity to tell a story that still has conflict in it. It may not be the most textbook conflict example. It's more like a difference of opinion. But when you think about what was the interviewer looking for, relationship building, dealing with differences of opinion. How do you manage it? Can you escalate things? All that sort of stuff. Well, I've ticked all those boxes, but I've added other stuff as well. And I'm hoping you can see, can you imagine? Sure. In that answer, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if I gave the the calendar example at all. But imagine if I did a whole interview and I always gave the calendar example. Can you imagine all the stuff that they don't know about me because I've talked about these tiny little things and they may never have heard about any of my projects because they didn't specifically say, tell me about a project you managed. And this is how we always say that this is the key to unlocking that Even if you have a bad interviewer who doesn't really give you an opportunity to talk about these things, you can be the great interviewee and lead the control by sneaking it in there so that you leave going, well, it didn't matter that they didn't really explicitly ask me these obvious things that they shouldn't have because I snuck them in anyway. Exactly, exactly. Hey, Job Hunters. 
big news. Our all-new course, Interview Academy, is live and ready to transform your interview game. It's all the strategies from Sarah's one-on-one coaching, but without the limited time slots. Yep, it takes you step by step by step through crafting your career story, coming up with your awesome best bits and all the practice you need. And guess what? It's at a special launch price, never to be seen again. Get more information at interviewboss.com.au forward slash interview dash academy. It's linked in the show notes below. And I think I gave this example. I know we've talked about this a lot in a lot of our other different examples, but this episode, we're focusing on what makes a good best bit, right? And I'm hoping you can understand, even if we can't quite put it into words, why the second example was a better best bit than the first one. Definitely. And I do find this a little bit hard to put into words and to capture and to explain to people, but that's a bit of an example. So let's keep going of the trying to put it into words. Great. So Forget about the job you're applying for. Don't try and make your best bits just specifically to that because, again, best bits show the qualities and skills, not the specific job. Like if I'm going for an IT job but my previous role was a journalist, I don't need to go in in the IT interview and be like, well, when I use Word in my job at the news, like that would be weird. Exactly. Because you can still talk about prioritization and how good you are with details and all of that is still relevant. So if you're trying to pluck best bits with the specific job you're applying for in mind, get that out of the way. Yes. And look, we will come back to that. I think we mentioned this in the how to work out what they're going to ask episode. Once you've brainstormed all your best bits and you've run out, there will be certain parts of the job that they will say like, you know, help desk support or whatever. And you might have to rack your brain for when you might've done that before, right? Like there will be things that you will have to drag from that thing. But every time there's like a customer service question, great. Don't dig around for an IT example. Come up with one of your awesome things you want to talk about for that. Yes, definitely. Now, a best bit is an example. Just think of it like that. It's literally just an example of an everyday thing that you do at work, but in story form. We jazz it up a bit. We give it a beginning, middle and an end. We make it sound exciting. We give lots of detail. We don't just say, yeah, you know, I clashed with this person, but it all worked out. We give details. Karen said she hated it and was going to block the whole thing, all this hard work. And then, you know, like it's... Here's the reason why it's important. Yeah. We add a bit of spice. We do. And this section or this part of your interview prep is hard work. Coming up with best bits, as I said, it's the hardest part of every coaching session that I do for a reason. These things don't come naturally. Disclaimer, a lot of what we say to do is hard. Like last week we were on here talking about thinking about the bits that you love and hate about your job to work out what will be good in the next job. And like, I couldn't even think of one. I was like, these are the type of things you actually need to sit down and spend an hour doing. It's not, if it doesn't come to you, don't be like, oh my God, I've got no best bits. Like really think about it. Completely agree. And I always say to my coaching session clients, the thinking time you put in now will pay off. If you didn't have much time and you said, Sarah, I can either spend my time thinking about best bits or for the four that I've got, I can practice them over and over. More best bits always. Think, do the thinking. More best bits is more things that you can adapt to more questions. Yes. 
even if you never practice them out loud, you should do both really if you can. But even if you never practice them out loud, the coming up with the examples and remembering them a little bit, because you might be like, oh, that's right. It was also over Christmas. And like some of those details, you're going to have to do some remembering. You don't want that to come to you in the middle of the answer. So the thinking work is hard but it will pay off and it's worth it. Now, let's do some question prompts to help get the best bit ideas flowing. So what have you done that you're proud of? And don't think of proud as like, you know, it's going to be on your gravestone or whatever. Like it doesn't, like it's not that deep, you know, just proud of like, ah, you know, that was kind of good. Something that you've achieved. This could be one new story that you wrote, M. You know, like it doesn't have to be this game changing, amazing thing where you change the course of your news station or whatever. It can just be something that you're like, hey, I had a bit of satisfaction from that. What have you gotten a lot better at? Yeah, this can be really good because it can show the skills that you now have that you didn't used to. And what's an example of you having gotten better at that thing? Help me turn my initial dumb thought into a good one. Time management and like surviving chaos more. (laughs) What's that skill? Yeah. Okay. So what you have to do, so these are all prompts, right? So that's what you've gotten better at. Is that what you're saying? You've gotten better at that? Okay, great. Like the days are so hectic, but now I'm like thriving in the hectic. Great. Well, give me an example of something that came up that was chaos that you had to deal with. A siege. Great. Well, I would tell the story. That would be a good best bit. Okay. Do you see what I mean? How we started with what you've gotten better at, but we ended up with a specific scenario because you just saying, oh, I've gotten better at time management. It's super general. You're going to find that really hard to turn it into a story. I have a story. Okay. The siege is on. (laughs) I get word that there's a police operation. I find that out at 2.50. My bulletin's at three. So at three, I report that there's a police operation underway because that's all the information I have. Between three and four, I'm calling police, trying to get more information. They say they don't have anything yet. They'll call me back. I call back again. And as I'm working on the rest of my bulletin, it gets to three. I still don't have an update. I see that other local medias there has posted a photo of the tactical unit and members of the public are posting in community groups images. So I can see now that I have more detail, but I still need police confirmation. Finally, I get police confirmation as I'm sitting in the booth and the ads are playing and I've got 30 seconds to go on air. So I have to get the statement. And as my sound happens and I'm on air, I start off the cuff reading the news story about the siege that's underway. That news story ends. I go back to my desk. I finally get the call from police that confirms I have information so I can properly write up, you know, a more polished statement. And that I repeat that all day until the siege is over. Amazing, right? Super great example. And that was totally off the cuff of you telling that story, but it still had a beginning, a middle and an end. And when you were like, it's getting to three o'clock and I still don't have confirmation. I was like, oh my God, what are you going to do? And like the jingle for you having to talk is playing and you're coming up with something. (laughs) I hope it gives the people a sense of what my job is like because it's honestly (laughs) madness. So they need to know that the jingle's playing and I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth. It does. And let's say you were going for a job that had nothing to do with like news, yeah, journalism or being on the news or whatever. What are all the things that I can tell from that, that you really care? Because you could have been like, oh, well, I don't have confirmation. I just can't run anything. But I ran it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or you don't have confirmation, but you ran it anyway. So you don't care about your journalistic 
integrity. So there's so many things that I'm getting from that story. I'm also obviously getting all the, you know, dealing with chaos, being calm under pressure, you know, making sure that you double check your work. Like there's so many things that I'm getting from that story. So that would be a great best bit. And that's why this brainstorming, nothing that I say is going to make you think of all your best bits. You're going to have to sit there and like go through and you're like, great. Okay. We've got one. What else? Let's think of some more examples. What else have you gotten better at that? Maybe that comes up with another idea. When we're in coaching sessions, I just kind of throw questions at people. And sometimes they think I'm like saying that they have to have an example of this. Like if it was you, Em, I might say something like, oh, has someone ever given you changed a story at the last minute? And you'd be like, oh, oh, not really. Oh. And you're looking for that example in your head now. And I'm like, no, no. Like if it doesn't come to mind, then move on. Let's think of something else. Don't try and find things just because I suggested that they might be there. Like look for good stuff. So another prompt, think of your relationships at work. What are the strong ones and why? Yeah, this is great because anything to do with relationships and stakeholders and communication, it's always going to be something that you can use in pretty much every job interview ever, unless you're not working with any other humans. Communication, like I didn't have a good relationship with them, but I do now. I work with this person every day. Why is that? Do you help them out occasionally? Do they help you out? All those things should be prompting little ideas. Don't follow my questions because you think you're trying to come up with an answer use all these questions to come up with something good that you actually want to talk about. Now, if there's an experience you want to talk about, what's the main skill you can use for it? Yes. So let's say. I have one. You don't even know what I mean. Okay, go. No, but this is, I think I do. So my ACRA that I was nominated for, I was a finalist for the Australian Commercial Radio Awards in my first year of being a journalist. Let's say you were like, I want to mention this. How am I going to work it in there? Yeah, how do you slip that in? Because it's like an external weird thing. Look, that one's a hard one. Awards and stuff of like, was it for anything in particular? Best newcomer on air. So like best thrown in and doesn't know much but did really well. Yeah, I would probably say your best way of putting that into a story is actually to talk about learning journalism or like being thrown in the deep end. Does that make sense? Like being the kind of person who learns on the go and I only had this much of a handover and I had to learn everything or whatever. And then actually the end result is I was nominated for best newcomer. So that can be a good way to finish up one of your other stories. I think what I was more thinking about is like, let's say I am going for a job in sales, but I also coach a sports team, a hockey team of like people in the a couple of grades below because I'm an active member of my hockey club. Such a good person. Yeah, right? How would I work that in? Obviously, there's not much sales in coaching a hockey team, but if there was any questions about leadership, teamwork, communication, any of those things, I'd be working out, okay, of that hockey team, what are my good stories? Like, did we, you know, go on to win the finals or did someone have bad behavior? Could you do it about being positive? Like you're a pep talker, you get the team going. Maybe. Yeah. Or there was someone that you had to have a word with because you weren't sure whether they were okay or not. Like, I don't know, whatever you have to think about for you of the coaching, what are the stories that are going to stand out for you and how do you work that into different topics that you might be able to talk about? So yeah, I would say like, you know, if it's generic, just coaching, I'd say anything to do with leadership, anything to do with teamwork, that kind of stuff. I'd say, oh, well, yeah, in the hockey team that I coach, these are the things that I always think about. And here's an example of how we put that to work. The captain which I chose wasn't just the best player. It was also the person who blah, blah, blah. That could be your good example. And here's the thing. If you are going into your sales interview and you coach that hockey team and you never mention it, they're not going to know about it. 
yeah, sure, it's on the bottom of your resume, but huge missed opportunity for you to not talk about leadership and like this amazing hockey team you coach. Like for something else to take its place, it would have to be so much better than that. The only way that that would take over by your sales stuff is that every one of your sales examples is amazing and incredible and you want to use it. Definitely. And on that note, they don't have to be game-changing examples. It doesn't have to be these big prestigious awards or projects that you turned around and you saved the company $1,000. Like, It can just be, hey, I did a really good breaking news story or I'm really proud of the stories I've covered, like giving voices to marginalized groups or people doing really good thing for good causes and anything. They don't have to be big. And if we take like the hockey coaching example, you don't have to have gone on to win the championship at the end of the year or given the pep talk that turned the team around. We lost, but we had a great year. Yeah. Or even just like, you know, I've gotten to know each one of the kids in the team really well. Like that's not game changing. That's just like a part of being a coach, but you can use that to turn that into a really great story. Now be specific. Oh, this is a huge, can we just like go back to that and say it three more times? Be specific. Be specific. Be specific. Yeah. So pick one client, one time. Well, actually it's more like this, Em, of you go, oh, I want to talk about how I write news stories that have to go on the radio right? That might be your best bit. And I would look at that in a coaching session and go, Mm-mm, too general because turn, I write news stories, turn that into an answer for me. I'm constantly scouring all of my sources, emails, Facebook pages, social media, the uh, scanner of emergency services. If I have breaking news, I have my phone list that I immediately contact of my media contacts to get confirmation. I work to hourly deadlines and have to ensure that I produce quality, timely content that's relevant to our audience and try to do that while balancing the considerations of defamation. Yes, you've answered that question of like, how do you write news stories? You're like, well, it depends. I look at this, I look at that, I look at that, I look at that. Depending on what it is, I call for confirmation. I Depending on what it is, I do this. Because you were general, I could have probably given you that answer and I've never done your job before. That's a problem. When it's too general, anyone can answer it like that. Whereas could I have given the information about the siege? No, I don't know how that works. And I would have not been able to tell that story properly because I didn't realize that social media is something that you look at. I didn't know how the police call you or what they say or whatever. So the more detail you can go into, the more I believe your skill set. And think of all the things that we got from that of like, you care about your community, you care about journalistic integrity. I didn't get any of that from the answer you just gave being super generic. You would have been much better off to pick even a boring news story, even like just literally one that happened yesterday. doesn't have to be special. It just has to be specific. You could just give a story of yesterday where some politician had a press release and you turned it into a story. Like even that, if you went on detail, many more skills demonstrated. There you go. There is our how-to on finding your best bits, what makes a good best bit. We hope that the examples we gave I feel like we're good at giving analogies and making our listeners deal with what people on the other end deal with. And it gives a lot of people breakthroughs. So I hope you've had a, you know, a mindset shift. And I want you to hopefully walk out of this thinking, wow, I do have lots of best bits that I can use because you do. Of course you do. You just have to think of them. They're trapped up in that noggin somewhere, but get them out. Get a cup of tea, go sit down. We're going to get them out. It's going to be so helpful. 
Thanks so much for listening to Interview Boss. If you like hearing the sound of our voices, hit that follow button in Apple or Spotify, or better yet, tell someone about the show. That's how we can hit the charts so we can help even more people. For more advice, inspiration, a supportive community, and heaps of funny, inspirational reels, check us out on Instagram at Interview Boss. We've been your job search besties and helped you in some way. There's a cool way you can support the show. Shout us a virtual coffee. We get a huge kick out of reading all of your success stories. Head to buymeacoffee.com forward slash interview boss and shout us a cuppa. If you keep us caffeinated, we can keep the content coming.